Yes. I, I made a promise to uh, L- Lani that I'm now going to f- fulfill. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, no. Whoa, oh. my love. I had no idea. My darling, I've hungered for your touch. Um, yeah, I promised Lani that I would open the po- podcast by serenading you with Unchained ma- Melody. I am a man of my word. I made a promise to a lady and here we are. I don't think the intro is going to get any better than that. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast of the nerds. I'm Ian. And my name is Jack. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to just catch up a little. It's It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's while. what's... It's what... Yeah. I have no idea what happened. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, yeah, it's been... I, I think we've missed the last three weeks. You did an awesome solo. <laughs> and then we got together... See, yeah. I, la- I laughed at the solo joke and then the implications of when we got together. It's like, all right, I got to own that. That's great. Um, <laughs> we, we, we've done two since then, though, right? I thought we only did one. Uh, maybe. Has it been? Has it been? God. F- <laughs> four weeks since you did the solo? Oh, my. What? what time is. <laughs> what? Oh, all right. Okay. Would you say that. Time, Time goes, goes by, by so slowly. slowly. Well, in this case, no, really fast, it uh, seems. After we talk about that, I was going to share a little story uh, with you. And then... And then I wanted to talk about a little film that we watched called The Water Dance, which um, hit me pretty hard, shall we say. And then we're going to be wrapping up with another fanfic reading from Here Is Gone by Terry Boda. You certainly are. Uh, Jack, where the hell have we been? What happened? Time goes by so slowly. (laughs) You know, that's that's an excellent question, my, my friend. And I don't know how to answer that, really. I mean... Considering we're in the middle of an, an apocalypse, I, well, speaking for myself here, I've basically yeah. been here doing this. But, I mean, I, I suppose we've both had quite a bit going on, the, right? Yeah, I mean, we've got, we both got stuff going on, but you know, you, uh, you know what it is, you, you know what's interesting is that I can't specifically think of, the, so the first week we skipped... I remember you and I both said that we don't want to put out a podcast if we're not giving good energy, Correct, if we're yeah. not giving good podcast. Yeah. Um, we would we would prefer to skip a week rather than release something subpar that we're not yeah, better, proud of. Yeah, better to skip a week and uh, than to, if we're both kind of like, um, if right. we both need an off week or whatever, and I have uh, not heard from the audience one way or another, you guys, um, yes. whether or not in those weeks you want us to put up a fanfic reading, which at the very least mm-hmm. is something we could do, or we could do like a twenty minute, we could do a short yeah, version. We could, we could do like a freehand, off the cuff sort of dealio, maybe nerd um, chat, like whatever the short. Uh, oh, yeah, we could just react to the news because that's not oversaturated yeah people don't people don't need more news people don't need news news from Um, us 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, let us know if, if you'd like some sort of filler. But as um, for weeks two and three of us missing it, I kind of feel like, you know how we were both just kind of like, it just sort of didn't happen? Like, yeah, yeah, that wasn't really a discussion, it just didn't happen. That's the episode guide script stuff for me. Right. That's one yeah. day into another, into another, and where I'm just like, I don't know if I have a good enough idea, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. and just sitting down and doing the work. When we talk about, like, I enjoy doing this. I love talking to you. And once we start recording, you know, different me slips into my, my toesies. But yes. the, um, but it's still work, you know, it's still work. And to make the decision to sure. hit the record button and flip mm-hmm. that switch and go into that mode is a thing, right? And that's yeah. the same as sitting down and starting to write the script where I yeah. just am like... Uh, takes it takes an initial burst of energy, shall shall we say? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something to it. It requires something. Yeah, which we didn't um, apply. We've been and we were talking offline about cleaning up our act. I guess you would say, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, sort of organizing, formalizing days in a way that we've been talking yeah. about doing but haven't done. Yeah, and we just um, haven't been com- communicating well as of late. No, no. It's almost like there's a pandemic on and yada, 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 yada. But yeah. not a good enough reason, uh, especially if we can do better, which I think we can. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we, we can too. But um, I, I also had a birthday, which kind of lasted <laughs> three, three days. You did indeed. Yeah. Uh, just... I already told you, but happy birthday again. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, it was it was really good, dude. It was. I say this without any exaggeration. At exaggeration. Oh, exaggeration. You're putting a little flair on it. Exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not being hi- hyperbolic or anything. It was the best birthday I've ever had. It yeah. was just just amazing. Um, so many people just showed up for me and make, made me feel feel special and loved and all of those uh, things. Um, I had a friend uh, come over, dude. I got to hang out with a real person, and, and it's and, weird, and, right? Right. <laughs> and we got to hug and laugh and 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 be joyous, and it was it was amazing. I I got to see a real person. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I live with people, but whenever I see someone that I haven't a friend I haven't seen in a while it's always like are you are you are you real you know like <laughs> I picked I, my friend Carl uh I just can't help but pick up and he rubs my head the entire time and we're just like ah, this is a person yeah um yeah one of my best friends Liv Kate came over who some might might know from the hang hangouts and she brought uh party hats and blowers and poppers and uh sugar-free donuts uh for this diabetic here um and candles and then um yeah we jumped into a zoom call with a few uh a few friends from the uh group and yeah then then we uh yeah no we had we 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 had candles lit and the donuts and everybody sang me happy birthday and i blew out the candles and that's an experience i haven't had in such a long time and it was just it was just wonderful. I love um, the uh, the gift too. Can you uh, can you mention the? Yeah. Um. So Sarah E, also known as the costume nerd, all organized a, a gift for me that everybody in in the group kind of uh, c- contributed to. It was a 
a custom made uh, poster that was made up of like words of affirmation, shall we say? Um, it's, well, it's, it's currently away getting framed at the moment. The question um, she asked all of us is uh, yeah. a word or two that means Jack to you, right? And right. Uh, and I thought it, I thought that the stuff you talked about in your solo podcast, I thought, oh, what a beautiful. That was I. I talked to her afterwards. I was like, that was so thoughtful. Uh, what she came up with, I loved it. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Like it's 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 one of the the most beautiful and thought, thoughtful gifts I've I've ever received. It just it mean, means a lot to me. I mean, I think it says it. It's a way at the framers now. So I, I think think it says you are enough, just as as you are, or something like that. And then it's surrounded by all these words. Um, effulgent was uh, one one of them. Um. Ginger Jesus, uh, some, but, someone said Viking, Huggable, um, what's the gin, Ginger nice Jesus words? was mine. <laughs> really? I'm so <laughs> surprised. I had it no was so, idea. I, mean, I was the last person and all the, there was a whole bunch of good words on there already. I was it's like, not oh. like you made a custom emoticon yeah. with that I- idea, is it? You're, <laughs> uh, you're the shining light of the, uh, the, uh, channel's emojis. Oh, you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so then we we hung out um, in in the Zoom call and we played some Jack Jackbox and it was just a lot of fun, man. And then um, once all the North North Americans went went to bed, uh, Liv and I hung out and got some food and we watched an ungodly amount of The Office, which is basically my comfort that's like a blanky show for me yeah that's your part your parks and rec yes yes um dude it it was just wonderful and then um the next day it's um, like ah remember uh, people (laughs) people um but yeah then like uh my my dnd group spearheaded by the lovely jess uh threw me an an online party and we just uh, played some games and stuff, and then, yeah, and then like you, you and I hung out and played some Death Destiny two. It was just I don't know, man. It was a wonderful bir- bir- birthday. So, to anybody in- involved who may be listening, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It was just per- perfect. I couldn't have asked for any for anything more. Have you? Uh, what's the name of this game that everyone's playing that is exploding uh, all over the place? Among Us. It's, yeah. You know, it's very basic and for me i get the appeal of basic yeah yeah me too look i like it but i like playing it with my friends i wouldn't really play it because you can just play it with randoms online um yeah the whole meetings to decide who's the killer then is uh strikes me as bizarre the appeal to the of the uh, there's a lot of board games that use that similar thing but the uh you mentioned jackbox uh, that, that there's a game that uh, we played in Jackbox that is exactly Among Us. You're on a spaceship, you're trapped, and you have to all guess who oh, the yeah. alien is, and then yeah, jettison right. them out the window. And if you jet, you can jettison the wrong people out of the airlock. Oh my god, it's, it's exactly the same. Exactly isn't it? <laughs> the same as Among Us. Uh, yeah, but with better um, aesthetics because. Uh, wait, uh, but. Does the imposter on Jackbox have to go around and kill kill everyone? I don't remember what you do. Because that's it's tests, uh, oh. which I thought was kind of more interesting. The the imposter yeah. Macy scrambled versions because he's an alien who can't read English, and so you right. put the crew through tests. 
to yeah. fig- try and figure out who it is. Um, but it's basically it's the same principle. Um, yeah. Anyway, I was I've just been struck because that game is currently everywhere. Oh, it's huge. And look, it is a fun fun game. And as we kind of uh, t- t- touched on, a group of people and one person is the imposter, and they have to so. You've got crewmates and then the the imposter, and the crewmates have to uh, perform tasks around the ship, um, and the imposter has to go around and try and kill as many pe- people as po- possible, and the crewmates have to try to figure out who the imposter is. Um, and yeah, like I said, like it's fun and everything, but I wouldn't play it with a bunch of randoms. It's fun to play with friends. Yeah. 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 Well, uh... So we we we've been talking about um so the birthday stuff all good. Things have mm-hmm. been uh uh I don't know how to segue into this story. This is a little bit uh it's a it's a thing, right? It's yeah. a thing. And and the reason it occurred to me to I don't like to share too much of my personal life, which I think uh would probably sound funny to anyone who <laughs> has followed the channel or me for a while, but the the I don't like to share details simply for the sake of sharing details, but if there is a purpose or a uh, a punchline or a you know an interesting story or something to take away from it, then I think it's um, right. You're not into just uh, sharing for the sake of shit sharing. There's always a reason for it. Yeah, um, and one of the things that we've talked about, you and I are both. Um, emotional anxious men uh i think really? it'd be fair <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know uh, or, uh neurotic as, yeah. as hell yeah I, I was i was uh i was i was i was trying to treat us more gently than we <laughs> tend to treat ourselves call a spade a spade though, yeah. right <laughs> um but anyway you know it's a bit like one of the reasons why i started the episode guides was um there was a, there was a feeling that I had watched something significant, and then I read Mark's book, and I thought, well, if I could write these and create something that delivers the information, then I could internalize the information a little bit better. So I thought um, that, and one of the things you and I talk about, the, I loved your bit in the solo podcast about um, stress and anxiety and 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 all of that, and how you're sort of growing through that, and you've you've mentioned how much you've um, changed in the last year. And I've definitely yeah. seen that uh, much more confident I've, and peaceful. I've, I've changed more in the last year than I have in the 32 years before it. And it was kickstarted by a pretty sad and tra- traumatic a- event, but I'm very thank- thankful for, for it. Well, that is, that is the way, right? Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I've mentioned it many times, but when I was living in San Francisco, there was a point when I was like, I'm either going to drive off the bridge or I'm going to get better, but I'm not going to stay the same. And uh, um, the thing about not fixing certain problems is like, there's a payoff to doing that. That's the thing is like we don't own is, yes, being anxious and insecure and all of that, as I have been for years is uh, an acid bath of discomfort but it's also it also feels more safe than failing it feels more right. safe than attempting the thing that i have been saying i wanted to do or wanted to do and it not turning out to be the answer to my dreams hmm. and so it's easier 
to just feel insecure and think, well, I, I guess I suck or whatever until it isn't until there's it isn't certain, until there's um, a breaking point where that yeah like uh pre-break there's a certain safety in that but I, I don't know if safety is the right word it's just not as shit as other things it feels maybe. it feels safer than failing uh at yeah. least that 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 would be um the way it is for uh, or the way i would say that it was yeah. for me and lately it's all been which is a complete lie, lie though, really. It's, yes. It's, it's absolutely not, not true. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, anyway, um, so my dad is in his 70s. Uh, uh, he called me this week and said, um, I wanted to talk to you before he heard it from your sister. I had this thing biopsied this week, and it came back that it was a melanoma, which I guess is one of the bad ones is the way that he phrased it. Uh, skin cancer is a huge problem for the Martin men, um, as anyone who has listened to this podcast before is probably aware of. Um, and my dad has had a number of them removed. He's never had one of this specific variety. We don't need to get into the subcategories of skin cancers. Right. But... Um, <laughs> He explains. I, I I asked him what the uh, what the strategy was, and and he said that the nurse said the doctor would call him in a week with strategies for what to do. And my dad was like, uh, "A week? Isn't this a um, isn't this like a time sensitive thing? Shouldn't we get this removed as soon as possible?" And the nurse got this very awkward pause and said, um, "We're looking into your insurance. What things will and will not work for them? It takes some time." I won't go on a huge rant about American healthcare, but it just, it just, it upsets me. It makes me ang angry, man. Like, I just think that uh, healthcare, in my opinion, is a fundamental human right. Yeah. Like, that, that should not be a consideration these days. It just shouldn't be, but I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 the the only analogy I could think of is like my dad has a poison tipped arrow sticking in his abdomen, and the doctors need to call and ask permission to pull it out. Do we use gloves? Wait, what gloves are allowed? Do we push it sideways? Do we push it all the way through? What 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 exactly is? Meanwhile, you know, uh, uh, the poison is uh, potentially spreading throughout his body. I'm a little done with. Uh, this kind of thing. I'm a little done with, um, yeah. you know, we, when uh, you and I have talked about, there's a, like, there's a point where you sort of look at, do your ethics match the, the place where you live and the people around you? Mm -hmm. And, uh, this kind of thing to me, uh, strikes me as no. If the answer had been, you know, uh, we're backlogged. Here's the date we can get you in, and it'll be free. Yeah, that's a different that's story. That's a yeah. very, very different story. Yeah. But we have yeah. to ask your insurance for permission to treat you yeah. the best way. It's almost like the nurse was saying, uh, we just have to make make sure someone's getting paid, like, or something. It just... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Someone's it, making money off it somewhere. So I... I um, I, un until before COVID hit, I didn't, I have health insurance for the first year that I was doing, uh, the channel full time. I didn't have health insurance. Um, 
And then COVID hit, and I realized that part of my panic and anxiety and all of that was like, if I ended up in the hospital, it it would ruin this dream that I've changed my life to pursue uh, because I would bankrupt myself because I didn't have health insurance uh, to pay for whatever the treatment was. And it was keeping me up nights. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I've got to go. So I'm using the Affordable Health Care Act, which is uh, colloquially called Obamacare. Oh, Obamacare. Yeah, right. yeah um, which I'm in that group where uh, mm-hmm. I need that in order to uh, be able to take care of myself. But isn't it like it's not even that good, though, right? O- o- no. Obamacare, like no. it's still pretty shitty, right? And it's expensive, um, depending on the variety of it that you get. And uh, for the purposes of COVID at the moment, I got sort of a mid-tier one instead of the lowest, most basic one. But anyway, um, so he tells me this. I said to him, are you in any pain? What are you feeling? What are you going through? And my t- <laughs> Now, hold on. Because this story is not this story is not about what it appears to be about. My dad my dad says to me, uh, "Well, I've been praying and thinking maybe my prayers have been answered." And I said, "That's an odd thing to say." And I said, "Yeah, how's that?" And he said, "Well, um, I've been praying that the Lord takes my body before He takes my mind, and maybe uh, this is that oh. prayer being answered." That's heavy, dude. Yeah. So my uh, dad's mom had Alzheimer's and she lived with us for six or seven years. I don't remember the uh, length of time. I was a kid, so it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that amount of time. And just Alzheimer's is the worst thing yeah. uh, on earth to just watch someone's I, personality be erased piece by I piece. Certainly, I certainly un- understand his his way of think- thinking, for sure. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So you're where I was. <laughs> yeah. I was like... It, I get it, but there's still something very uh, uncomfortable about it. You're way ahead of me. Um, so I paused and I said, well, that's an interesting perspective, Dad, but that doesn't particularly help me. Um, but it's his perspective. It's his journey. So I was like, okay. Um, yeah. I, okay. Um, so we said, well, let's wait and see what the doctor said and we'll go from there. And I very rationally, very rationally, very rationally thought afterwards there's nothing to be done for right now we'll just wait and see i'm fine i feel fine jack i feel okay i'm fine i'm fine really (laughs) uh later later that day i was video chatting with lonnie told her the story and as we were starting to to say goodbye she said are you okay and I said, "Yeah, I'm fine. I just, you know, you went, though. there's you just, went. just, just nothing to do but wait. Nothing to do. I, I get that. I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. fine. No, you won't. <laughs> so cut to like one and one a.m. I'm rearranging the entire bedroom that badly. I didn't move anything out of the bedroom. I just started just Austin power just for no reason. I started yeah. completely rearranging the bedroom, but I didn't. But but it was." It was a boat. It was poorly planned. Yeah. I didn't do anything properly. And yeah. so it's a tiny room, and I was Austin Powersing a dresser and the bed back and forth to get them turned in the bedroom. And I hear, and I'm starting to breathe faster, and I'm starting to, to argue with my sister in my head. 
uh, for family complicated family reasons. And I'm moving the bed, and I'm moving the bed, and I hear the bed frame snap. And I sat down on the floor at 1, 1.30 in the morning, and I went, oh, maybe I'm not okay. <laughs> You know, I can just, just just quick, quickly, I can yeah. kind of sort of relate. Um, back in like 2005 to 2006, uh, my mum went for like a routine checkup. It was like a work thing. She had to get check, checked out for, for work and what whatnot. And um, she ended up being di- diagnosed with kidney can- cancer. Um, and we're really lucky that they caught it when they uh, did. She's 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 fine now, but uh, she ended up having uh, her her kidney removed, and she's been in remission ever, ever since. But it 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 was scary, man. Like um, my dad died when I was very very young. I, I didn't have much much of a relationship with him, but like losing my mother and like the thought of losing my my mother and 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 knowing that my my dad is no longer there. There's something very I don't know, like, it's almost like a, I don't know, there's something about that that just scares the shit out of me. Um, yeah, well, the, um, as someone who spent, let's say, the first 32 years, uh, uh, you know, rationalizing and intellectualizing everything, like, mm-hmm. um, grappling with what you're describing sometimes takes me a little bit of time where I'm like, Oh, um, so before I finish the story, uh, I, I was, I've been thinking about this in the context of, I've been thinking about these things because this was something that was up for me to sort of grapple and sort through. And I just wanted to explain like, um, philosophically the way that I approach now or the way that I've clarified for myself, the way I approach this kind of thing. So, um, uh, I've broken this into uh, sections, but this will be quick. Um, uh, there's a thing called the struggle switch. Um, the struggle switch is kind of the reason emotional spirals happen. Um, and I'm going to include a link. We will include a link down in the show notes to uh, a video kind of walking uh, you through this. So a fear, a scary thought comes up. I engage with it. Uh and that engagement alone creates the spiral. Because once I'm engaged with a simple thought, my imagination is now involved. And my imagination is capable of making a simple idea much more complex and right, scarier right. Uh, in detail. Like, yeah, it's like now whenever my, my mom gets unwell or has like a flu or like a pain somewhere, my, my brain like automatically freaks out and i basically yeah. like hold my uh, breath until we we, we know she's, she's okay it's yeah scary man yeah and the i, I mean broadly I, that's called catastrophizing but i don't really think it's like once you that term is not really a useful uh way of sort of grappling with your own way of <sighs> the reasons why and all of that um, I didn't come up with the term struggle switch that was Ruth Harris. Uh, and again, there's a video. Second thing uh, that I tend to bear in mind is um, separation between uh, or, or what is actually identity, what I actually consider who I am. Um, so when I say engage with a fear, it's a thought. It happened in my head. Haven't I already engaged with it by then? Doesn't that mean I've already engaged with uh, uh, the thought? Not exactly, no. 
hardest thing to do for me when it comes to like personal change and all of that, um, a huge component of being able to change for me was knowing that I am not my thoughts any more than I am my toenails or my pinky finger. They are um, mindfulness. They're parts of the vessel. Uh, but the the real me is the thing witnessing all of that inside my own head. Right. Um, and once I was able to make that separation, then all, like all of the thoughts and all of the insecurities and all of that that sort of travel no longer needed to be me. I could just then sort of go, oh, that's insecurity that was that I've been carrying for years. Uh, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Or I can choose. Like, we can all sort of... Like, I've talked about the philosophy of choice in the world entire, but, like, there's a big part of the philosophy of choice is, like, to choose how we think, to choose how we suffer, to choose how we... um, React. To react, how we emote, um, all of this. You can't choose your emotions. You can't choose the thoughts that, that... comes through your head but you can choose what you do with them yeah exactly right and that means that you are not them you are not those things you are something uh some other particular essence um and again i'm just describing i'm I'm sort of breaking down the minutiae of the way this now works for me um, I'm not saying I'm not speaking in absolutes, of course. Of course, we're all we're all speaking from our, our own perspectives, man. Yeah. Um, so that understanding is very important when it comes to personal change. It means um, that just because I have a fear of my father's death or family, I'll never figure out how to get along with or love that I may not be worthy of. Doesn't mean those things are r- my reality. Uh, they can just be traffic passing outside in the street, rain on the window. If I can just let them pass and not engage with them and start that spiral. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely, man. And, and, and those kinds of thing, things are diff- difficult. Like I, I myself, I have a tendency to overthink and um, part of my uh, growth is learning to or, or, or just trying not to act or react to, to things at the height of the emotion. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. when a lot of this occurs in your own head, you know, it's just it's just important yeah. to sort of be yeah. listening to that rather than right. engaging with it. Oh, there's that. Yeah. And I just find when you when I well, at least for, for me, when I do react or or act on on emotion it just leads me in, into just dark places and i end up like doing or saying things that once i can't calm down i'm like oh that was really stupid and i shouldn't have some like <laughs> thought that that way or did that or whatever um but yeah i guess i sometimes have a difficulty discerning between um what is actually ha- happening and what my brain thinks is happening right that's a huge yeah. thing is the um there's what happened and then there's what we're currently making it mean right you yeah. know yeah. uh what and happened was the answer is i don't know um, right yeah. yeah yeah um so then the last, I said there were three components. The last thing is what I would call accepting your personhood. Um, 
Fear is actually a an incredibly helpful human defense mechanism. Yeah. Uh, the voice that comes up as you're walking down the path that wonders, is there a bear on the other side of that bush? And we take a bit different path to keep from e- e- getting eaten. Problem is the genuine life-threatening risk of bears is currently at an all-time low in, for yes. most people. Uh, but we still have amygdalas in our heads, and the amygdala uh, wants to feel useful. So rather than pointing out bears, our amygdalas point out how we might suck at public speaking, or how we might get rejected if we ask someone out, or how if we quit our cushy job and do this YouTube thing full-time, we might lose everything. It seems unlikely there's a 99% chance of success, we tell ourselves, the problem is that in the realm of emotion, statistics are utterly irrelevant. The 1% chance is so much more powerful than Absolutely. the 99%. Yeah. Um, so my goal is never to be fearless. Goal is to be free. Um, to always be sure that I'm, I'm making the choices that I want to make, not the choices that are driven by fear right. or uh, comfort or um, any of those things. So anyway, that's Would sort of the... Would you say you have a choice? You don't have a good choice, but you have, have a choice? I mean, you could say. It depends on the choice. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> Sorry, I just love that. No, no, no. A lot. <laughs> um, so what does this mean? How does this all apply to the story of my dad? I realize this is getting a little bit long. I apologize for anyone listening who's no. not interested. Hey, hey, I'm listening and I'm interested. <laughs> well, I called Lonnie the next day and I was like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm struggling. And I didn't really realize it, but I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. I don't think there is anything to do about it. And it's also intertwined with uh, family stuff, and that's complicating things. And I rationally get everything, that everything's okay, and we should wait, and I just want to be present. I'm feeling this weight could spiral off into, this is what I was telling her, this weight could spiral off into a depression, and I just can't afford to have that happen, especially when it comes to work, and, you know, it's just a diagnosis, and he's still here, and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, uh, why do you think it phrased it, why do you think he phrased it the way he did? so specifically about the praying thing. And I said, I think my dad has been ready to go for a while. He's done a lot. He's loved. He's traveled. I think he's made some peace and feels like if it comes, it comes. Um, that is, he's in an, um, a point in the journey that I don't know, that I'm not familiar with. But even being 40, I can tell a difference between how I feel about the world now versus... Uh, and how I feel about myself. Like, my life is much more peaceful than it was in my 20s, you know. And, like, as someone who loves him, you know, you love your uh, father, it's it's a difficult thing to hear him, him say, but at the same time, it's like, you get it, you know? Like, like and yeah, and, I get it. it. It's his it's his journey, as you said. Right. It's his journey. I can accept it. And Lonnie said, well, what about you? And I actually hadn't thought about that question. (laughs) For the first time, I'd been trying to rush myself, well, let's see what the diagnosis was in the American healthcare system, boo. And I hadn't just asked myself the question, how do I feel? And I started to cry. And I said, there will never be enough time. I love him. Of course. And it hit me, yeah. Of course. 
Of course I'm scared. Of course I am. I love my dad in every way that I'm capable of. And I'm a person. Uh, Once I saw that, the floodgates just kind of opened. And I think of Willow in Xander's arms. Um, The, uh, the, 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 that moment, that willingness to just suffer and feel what she's feeling for the first time. Everything up to that point has been driven by rage or by um, whatever it is. And uh, in that particular moment, she just felt it. And that was kind of what happened to me. And once I did, I did what I should have done way before rather than like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. We'll, we'll, We'll just wait and see. I looked up melanoma, which I knew nothing about. And found out it's super common, very treatable, and my dad just phrased that it can be deadly if left untreated. So the whole one-week yes. thing is a problem. Um, the way my dad... And my dad kind of just phrased this in the worst possible way. Uh, he really did. <laughs> which he sometimes has a habit of doing. Um, so I went, uh, oh, I'm afraid. Of course I'm afraid. I'm a human. I'm his son. And I don't know. Which is... Such, uh, I never realized how important that is. I, I don't know how valuable that is. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't know. So I don't have to sit here trying to figure this out. I don't know. I don't know. And whatever I invent in my head is, I don't know the chances that that's any more truthful or possible than the thing that's actually going to happen. I don't know. Exactly. exactly. Um, and it's very freeing. To me, mm-hmm. and I, I, I said I don't know. Uh, making up some scenarios isn't going to get me there. Um, we've got to wait, wait a week. And yeah, I'm scared. Uh, of course, I'm scared. But now that I've realized you would have that, have to be a soulless, heart, heartless man yeah. to not be scared. Now that I've realized that, it's made it easier for me to deal with all the bubbling internal generating thoughts that come up i don't have to engage with them like is this true are they real like whatever i'm just Mm -hmm. like oh i'm scared of course i'm scared yeah and i can better just let that that thought float away and focus on recording the podcast or writing the next script or um whatever it is and i i just wanted to 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 hit that how is this book uh i'm writing going to turn out I don't know. Let's keep writing and find out. How is this video I'm making going to turn out? I, I don't know. Let's finish it and see. What's going to happen if I ask her out and she turns me down? Well, first of all, I don't know if she's going to turn me down. But if she does, I don't know how that's going to go either. Let's find out. So it's kind of like, consider the options, make a choice, plan your approach, act, and let the chips fall where they may. You know, one of the things, and I've said this to you before, but one of the things I really admire about you is that you're always able to sort of come to terms with things or you have to have this process where you, I don't know how, how, how to really articulate it, but you always find a way to sort of make peace or to, or to not, not, not fig- figure out, but just sort of... Um, construct things in your head in in a way that allows you to just sort of relax with it and and that's something that i just i really admire well the um one of, i like 
it seems like this year, especially because of the pandemic and me have me, I'm seven months sober now, and I realized that. Congrats, man! Thank you. The um, for me, most like uh, a vast majority of my evening um, binge sessions were driven by just an inability to relax. Mm-hmm. So I talk about how the the volume. Uh, alcohol turns the volume way down on the noise in my head, and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I I experience moments of joy and euphoria and just being super relaxed and and all of that, and then you pay for it the next day. But at least you have those times. Uh, was the way it goes. The uh, the payback was not worth more than the the debt. Right. Um, I guess I could sum sum summarize it by saying that you have. You have emotional maturity, and you're really good at just mind mindfulness. And, and well, this year has I love that since quitting, I've had to thank you, and since quitting this year, I've had to kind of approach the. Th- I mean, and they, this is of course, of course, mm-hmm. there were reasons I drank uh, to the excess that I do did will, um, and. You know, I quit, and those didn't go away. In fact, they got worse because they didn't have the temporary balm of... And mostly it's just like, I just... I want to spend, uh, you know, invite as much joy into life as possible, but right. short, of, because, short of that, I want to spend it as peacefully as possible. Right. And because this year has been this year, it's, yes. more of, it's more of a a necessity now more than... More, more than it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, I'm a compulsive Twitter scroller, and it's just littered with people. Yeah. Like, this year has put its foot on the neck of anyone's coping mechanism. Yeah. And oh, yeah. yeah, and um, it's been tough for for everyone. Yeah, and uh, it 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 just has forced me to figure out how to. Be calm and make peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is it? Um. Doom. Doom scrolling. I think. Yeah. 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 And one yeah. of the well, one of the ways that I do that, uh, make peace, uh, when necessary, is block social media. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know if that story was interesting, but I just. Um, I found it in- interesting, and thank thank you for sharing. The. Um, I thought the 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 application of the mechanics. Um, that I've I've talked about quite a bit. I mean, I've talked about how we are not our thoughts. The but the thing witnessing those thoughts in our own minds, restless is really about that. Um, you know, restless is about everyone's insecurities and um, Buffy's are being toyed with at the end as well. Everyone succumbs to their ins. Everyone, the first Slayer uses everyone's insecurities to attack them, and mm-hmm. Buffy is the only one. Uh, who yeah. who witnesses her insecurities, which are being alone, being yeah. left, and makes a choice. I walk, right. I talk, I'm going to be a fireman when the floods roll back, and I don't sleep on a bed of bones. It just kind of dawned on me that Buffy defeats the, the first Slayer the same way that N- Nancy defeats Freddy Krueger. She just 
ignores him essentially. Yeah. Says, oh, well, uh, it's interesting. Like I hadn't thought about the parallel between the two of them, but yeah. But uh, yeah, there's a very strong p parallel there. I can't believe, like, because I've never I thought mean, about that. Restless has a very same. strong Nightmare on Elm Street parallel. Yeah, because I mean, like, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger is my favorite hot horror villain of all time. I'm a big horror movie buff, and. I can't believe I've never just <laughs> thought onto that before. But yeah, that's literally how Nancy defeats Freddy. She literally turns her her back on him and, and he disappears because mm. her fear feeds him. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, what about you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I wanted to talk about a little film that we uh, watched. Now, we've watched quite a few films in, we in have, our yeah. absence we watched uh rebel without a cause which was i mean not really worth talking about too much some good performances it was fine i guess um and we watched a knight's tale which was kind of a weird one. well just to just to clarify like rebel without a cause the, the the experience i felt like we all shared was i get how influential this movie was yeah because so. you can see Every teenage rebellion film uh, that has followed after, including right. uh, Breakfast Club and Pump yeah. Up the Volume and all of that, but so, didn't really hold yeah. up. It's um, it's sort of a lot of it didn't hold it, up. Yeah, it reminded me of like Citizen Kane in that like storytelling has just evolved so much since then. Um, yeah, and. and yeah, so I probably would have loved it if I was around in 1955. But uh, yeah, um, and we watched Ghost, which is one of my favorites. Uh, that that um, holds ro up. Romantic oh. comedies of all time. Although um, I, I was compulsively picking on it, uh, or just parts of it made me laugh yeah. uh, in yeah. an incredibly inappropriate. It was like laughing in yeah. church. The scene where um, Sam takes over Onime's body and 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 you're, you're just like that's Whoopi Goldberg. And yeah, me, meanwhile, just... I had tears well welling up <laughs> in my, my eyes. I'm like, it's so beautiful. And you're you're like, yeah, but Dem Demi Moore is basically kissing Whoopi She's Goldberg. She's kissing, yeah. which is which I <laughs> look. I love. I love. It's beautiful. Yeah. But like yeah. like that, especially in the '90s when that movie came out, that sentiment mm -hmm. was lost. Uh, right. because the trick is Demi Moore, uh, 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 Whoopi Goldberg lets Patrick Swayze take over her body so that mm -hmm. Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze can touch each other again. Yeah. But before they do that, they've shown earlier in the movie that when a ghost takes over Whoopi Goldberg's body, she's Whoopi Goldberg. But she's a Morticia. Damn, what'd you do with your hair? <laughs> I don't know if that voice is inappropriate to do, so I apologize. But Whoopi the, Goldberg is fantastic. She's so good in that movie. Yeah. But before Demi Moore, before Patrick Swayze takes over Whoopi Goldberg's body, Demi Moore closes her eyes. Mm -hmm. And throughout the scene, Demi Moore has her eyes closed. So you see Patrick Swayze's hands come in and Patrick Swayze kiss her. Look, and I was like, the convention is her eyes are closed. Which means, which means he's only Patrick Swayze for the camera. Yeah, like you're totally right. You're not wrong. It's just That's Whoopi know. Goldberg and Demi Moore making out, which I actually kind of want to see. Like I want to see that version it of that would've scene. Would have been cool if they went there, right? Like Yeah, like, like how yeah. would it have achieved the same emotion? Would it have achieved and perhaps, like I want to like, believe that it can, that there's a perhaps, way. 
I think the way they they could have done it is had like Demi Moore and Whoop, Whoop, Whoopi got Goldberg kissing, and then uh, the camera saw on like pan pans around, and then it turns turns into Patrick Swayze or some something. That could, well, that's yeah, that's that's all kind of what they did. You see Demi Moore, you see Whoopi Goldberg's hands. Yeah, and but then they the don't camera, actually kiss though. <laughs> yeah, and the camera pans up, and it's yeah. Patrick Swayze. But like, yeah. do we live in a world where? Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore are the only two people in that scene, but we, it still has the emotional <laughs> impact. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the yeah. reason I thought it was hilarious is because it's hidden. Because yeah. they... Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, oh, oh, right. it's Pat, like Patrick Swayze that they're showing in the shot. But no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. They've actually <laughs> gone out of their way to show, with her closing yeah. her eyes, that that's... Whoopi Goldberg. So now yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. They've made a thing right. out of yeah. this. But uh, yeah, that film was uh, my my choice. That wasn't on the uh, list. I chose it for, for us to watch because we watch we watch a film from the list, and then the next week we choose um, a random fa- 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 favorite. And I I've I've loved that movie since since I wasn't a kid. My my mom really likes it. And, that was um, a lot of fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah. speaking speaking of films, my mom really likes. So uh, we we watched a film called The Water Dance uh, from nine nineteen ninety two, uh, directed by Neil Jimenez uh, and Michael Steinberg, and uh, starring Eric Stoltz, Helen Hunt, Wesley Snipes, and William Forsyth. Um, and it's about a young writer and his experiences in a rehabilitation center after uh, he breaks his uh, neck and becomes paralyzed from the, the waist down. Um, and it was written by Neil Jimenez and was partly based on his own experiences in a rehab center after he fell 20 feet into a rock pool when he was hiking with some uh, friends. Um, and he became paralyzed from the neck down, but after a couple of sur- surgeries, he was able to uh, re- regain use of his arms. And um, it, this one hit hit me pretty hard. So, th- so if this is your first time here. Let, let me just uh, re- recap. Um, I was born with a disability called spine, spina bifida, um, mm. and I I use use a wheelchair. I mean, I do have limited use of my my legs, but I. That's just getting in and out of bed, cars, what, what not. I, I, it's essentially per, per paralysis, and spina bifida causes a whole range range of different uh, health, health, health problems and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, years and years ago, um, when I was probably in my early te- teenage years, my mum uh, told me about this film and asked me to to watch it. Um, and I barely rem- remembered it, um, with the exception of, of of a few scenes. But I remember I really liked it, so I put it on the uh, the uh, list. And yeah, we rolled rolled it up. And um, you know, Ian, I wasn't ready, but this one hit me like a ton of bricks. Like it really, really affected me. Um, and I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, as, as I said, I'd seen it b- before, but I couldn't really re- remember it. Um, and essentially, it's um, it sort of forced me to dig up some stuff that I like to keep buried, um, some stuff I don't really like to think think about uh, too much, and and yeah, you know, in doing that, it forced me to sort of uh, confront some things um, about my disability and how it affects me. Um, and I've got to say, you know, at first it was 
it was difficult. Like I had a, a pretty rough, uh, couple of days. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I could tell something was off, uh, for a day or two after we watched it and I wasn't sure I did the, I did the thing that you and I sometimes do, which is that I, I made it about me. I was like, did I do something wrong? Did I, we, whatever I did, we can talk about it. And you're like, no, no. It's not you, it's yeah. me. Yes. It's not you, it's me. You're not attracted to me. <laughs> um, and look, I, I'm not going to discuss too much detail pub publicly. Yeah, um, whatever you're comfortable seem, with. seem like a bit of a cop-out. I, I get that that might seem like a cop-out, but um, it's some um, issues that are quite uncomfortable for me. Um and I guess I will say a lot of uh, these issues are things that are rooted in sort of feeling in inadequate um, and I guess a bit of shame and whatnot. Um, and I don't say this to sort of garner any sympathy or to feel sorry for, for myself, but um, it's, you know, in, in an odd way, there are some things about my disability that sometimes make me feel kind of um, less human, I guess, mm -hmm. um, or... I sometimes think think of it as like I feel like a, a subspecies of hu human being, um, which is I know is ridiculous, but that's just how I, how I feel. Some some sometimes it's um, sort of hard to explain, but it's kind of just um, I feel sometimes I feel because of these things I feel not quite human or normal, whatever the hell that means. Um, but yeah, um, when you sort of dig up and open long, long buried boxes um it's 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 freaking ter terrifying you know, you know it's very com confronting but um i decided that um as a means of dealing with and con confronting some of the fears i uh, had i wanted to reach out to a few close pe people that that i trust uh yourself included ian and um i just spoke to some uh, some some close friends and um just about some of these things that I've sort of kept uh, buried for my whole whole life, essentially, um, and yeah, it it was scary because it, they're just not things that I I just discuss or talk talk about sure. um, very much. Um, but as scary as it was, I'm just really glad that I did it. Um, I received nothing but love and support and understanding from you and everybody else I spoke to. And when I say everybody else, I mean one one other person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as as tough as life can be, some sometimes more often than not, I find myself surrounded by the best people who show me the best in humanity and. I'm very thankful for that, but um, yeah, like here here we are now, a few weeks lay, later, and I'm just, I'm, you know, you know I've still got some work to uh, do, some uh, deep deep decluttering and whatnot, but um, I'm just very thankful for for the for the experience, I guess. Um, well, it's interesting, right? Like, um, uh, I had. When it comes to trauma or when it comes to to um and growing up can be traumatic and especially i mm -hmm. imagine growing up feeling different can can be yes. a traumatic experience kids are dicks yeah. um yes, and they are. i have dealt with trauma that i've i 
have, well, hoping to eventually work up the guts to talk about and share about on the channel. But the, um, the thing that I've learned from it is like, you know, it's a bit like being on fire, you know, and where, where it's consuming and you're sort of, it's, it's very distracting and it's, it's uh, it's sort of like you can't focus on other things and you can't get other things done and whatever. Yeah. It's 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 consuming, and eventually, you know, because people we're people and we as a species are incredibly good at this, we can we manage to put the fire out, right. you know, and that feels like getting healthy. I go a day without thinking about what happened to me, and then I go a week, mm-hmm. and then I go a month, um, you know, uh, or you 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 develop scars where you're sort of like fuck everybody who thinks that way i don't care you know or whatever it is and that feels like getting healthy and that feels like moving on Mm -hmm. you know but the thing that i've learned and it took me late into my 30s to realize this is that that entire time you're on fire you're also making up truths about the way the world works Mm-hmm. Like you're, right. you're, you're, we're learning constantly. And when you're dealing with trauma, that's not a good time to be figuring out how the world works, right. you know? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and the thing of it is, is like those, uh, the way I've described them as like flaws in the lens that we look through to see the world, they're incredibly hard to see. And I got to later life where I was like, I thought I'd made peace with my trauma and the things that had happened to me. But I had not understood all the the things that I made up about the way the world works mm-hmm. based on that experience. You know, in my case, right. it's like, and, it, and they're very hard to see. I, it took me them being triggered, my mind trigger in relationships. It took them being triggered for me to realize where the hell did I get that from? What did I... Oh, that, you know. Yeah, it's not always evident at first, is it? So, like, you are not someone I... I mean, like, I I, I don't know what the, the respectful... You're not someone who... Uh, you're just Jack to me. You've always right. been just Jack to me. I've gotten to right. know you as just Jack. And it seems to me that you at this age at this point in your life have grappled with your disability as yeah. and and internalized it as a part of your identity as a part of just right. something you deal with and who you are right. but that shit um, that you went through mm-hmm. when you were younger and the way um you were treated you were also creating ways of interpreting the world at that time yeah right you know and i think that movie and then, like, we had a conversation afterwards, the contrast between sort of the perception versus what, like, when you and I talked, yeah. and it was like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, and that's exactly what I've been uh, grappling with, you know? I, I honestly thought, like, a long time ago that I had accepted my, my disability, but, oh, boy, no. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no, I hadn't. Um, I don't, I don't... Um, I mean, I'm not as angry about it as, as I was when I, when I was a kid, but there's still a lot of shit that clearly I just haven't dealt with. Um, yeah, that anger is yeah. part of that fire, I think. That yeah. anger and resentment and frustration and all of yeah. that is, is part of like the being on fire. 
and yeah. then like yeah. and you sort of found the peace because no one can you can't go your whole life you know uh not without a really good drinking habit uh you can't go your whole life uh yeah feeling like that hopefully yeah and a huge part of me like confronting this now and confiding in you and um uh, my other friend about this stuff is just it's a means of uh, it's it's a way for me to try and accept my, my myself too because it's kind of like if I can reach out to other pe- people who love me and and accept me, that can help me uh, doing the same film for, for myself, which is some, something I, I've always struggled struggled with. But um, yeah, like um, for those of you who haven't haven't seen it, it, it just shows disability through a lens that is just very authentic. Yeah. Um, and 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 there was um like the thing that really spurred it on for me is um so. Eric Stoltz plays, I think his name is Joel or something. Joel. Sounds familiar. Um, yeah. uh, Helen Hunt and Eric Stoltz, they're kind of dating. And just the way she just accepted him as he was, was just very like, I don't know. I, I loved it. And, and that that was kind of partly what spurred, spurred this on to, 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 I guess. I know I, have, I haven't done the uh, greatest job of explaining connecting all the uh, dots but it's kind of difficult without being too well i mean uh, personal it's interesting that you mentioned the um helen hunt because when you reached out to me to talk about this there Mm -hmm. there are several uh, eric stoltz is grappling with the disability Mm -hmm. new you know he he had function and then lost it uh, yes. as a result of the accident and mm-hmm. he's dealing with his feelings of um, what that means the implications of what right. that means to him him now mm-hmm. and um, projecting them a little bit onto other people and there are several yeah. there are several scenes where he's reacting in in shame or frustration or whatever several throughout the movie yeah and Helen Hunt is and- just like uh, no this is everything's fine it, it's <laughs> And when we watched it, I, and you talked to me about it afterwards, I felt like Helen Hunt, where I was like, no, you know. It it bugged me the way Eric Stoltz was in in that regard. But then I had the realization that, like, I was born with my disability. Yeah, that's a bit, Um, that's a, I I imagine that's a different journey. Yeah, so that's completely different to somebody who, like, hadn't, hadn't an accident. And so... Um, I imagine there would be like a loss of like pride and dignity associated with that, I guess. Um, so yeah, I just had to be mind- mindful that like, I don't know, disability is different for, for everybody sure. um, and everybody experiences it differently. But that did bug, bug me because it came came across as like, oh, I'm independent and I don't need, need you and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, dude, she loves you. Jesus Christ. Like, come on. <laughs> um yeah but um another thing i really loved about it and this is just from a i, I guess a tech a technical stand standpoint um it, the way it portrays disability was so authentic um i and i've i haven't seen an, anything like it ever like it was so just like spot on um and see so the thing is more often than not, when you see disability in media, it's presented through the lens of what is now known as in- inspiration porn. 
And uh, inspiration porn is a term term coined back in 2012 by Australian disability a- advocate uh, Stella Young, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago. But she said, um, in- inspiration porn is an image of the person with a disability, of often a kid doing something completely or- ordinary, like playing or talking or running, ca- carrying a cat carrying a caption like your your excuse is invalid um it's there so that non-disabled pe- people can put their worries in into per- perspective it's there so that non-disabled people can look at us and think well it could be worse i could be that that person um and look i i'm not here to tell you what to think or what to uh, feel um i think that compassion and Empathy is some of the most important components of uh, humanity and and what makes us human. Um, And I'm not telling you not to have compassion for somebody and I'm not telling you to not recognize or acknowledge their hardships. I'm just saying that a little thought and perspective goes a long way. Yeah, that's, that's... I appreciate the sentiment of stop whinging. Stop whinging sure. about your latte or whatever the thing is, but to do so at, mm-hmm. at uh, yeah, it's the whole like idea at the of like expense of someone else. Yeah, because someone else, uh, and I'm making air quotes here, has it worse than you? But there's, but there is always someone who has it worse. That's right. The thing. Uh, well, or they don't. I mean, like. The relativity of suffering uh, is, is sort of wh- where I, I I just kind of come to, back to is is um, you know people uh, people find it confusing how millionaires can commit suicide and mm. people who on the surface have absolutely everything. Um, Chester Bennington. I've been listening to a lot of Lincoln Park because right. the uh, Chris Cornell. Yeah, because the the Lincoln Park Beat Saber thing came out, and I listened to them a lot growing up. And it's like right. suffering is utterly relative yeah. and specific yeah. to uh, the individual. Yeah, and depression doesn't care who you are, or where no. you come from, or yeah. any of those uh, things. But, um, yeah, I bring that up because I've had strangers approach me and, look, it comes from a good place, but they'll come up to me and say, oh, wow, you're so strong. I don't know how you do it. You're just so strong. If I was disabled, I don't think I would have the, the, the strength to keep going. Blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm in the aisle of a su- supermarket and I'm just, just like, uh, lady, I'm just here to buy some, some bread. Like, can you just chill out, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, Look, it, it's well-intentioned, and I think it does come from a good place, but at the same time, when you do something like that, when, when you say something like that, you're, you're approaching a stranger and telling them that their life isn't worth worth living. Like, that's kind of how it comes across, you know? Um, you're telling them their yeah. life is much harder uh, than it yeah, may actually yeah. feel to them. Yeah, and whereas they could be having a really good day, yeah. and then... Someone comes up and be like, "Hey, re- remember, you're disabled." <laughs> like, thanks, man. I, f- I feel like the first uh, couple of years of our friendship, I did the opposite, and I'm not sure if it's much better. Where I was just oh, like, you had to remind me. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I totally the forgot. Thing, oh. Yeah, I've said this before. Is the thing that I loved about you is that we never had had the so I'm in a wheelchair conversation. I think you just kind of figured it out at some point or you saw a picture of me. I, I don't know. I think you had to mention it like three or four times and I was like, 
because I of your it. your YouTube channel. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's wheel right, life. Yeah. What does that mean? And you were like, Oh well, yeah. I'm in a wheelchair. I was like, Oh, and then I would forget. Yeah. And then we'd talk. I mean, in my defense, it seems incredibly insensitive of me to to no. so forget. But I also forget everything about my family and friends and all of that. But see, the uh, but we also see each other face to face. I'm just saying, like right. for for a close friend of mine to forget uh, uh, an aspect of their life uh, in that way seems insensitive. I would imagine. But like, I appreciate it though because it it tells me that it's it's like it's not some something you really care about. It's not something that is is at the fore forefront of your your mind. And look. Being just disabled, it is a part of who, who who I am, and I am on my way to it to accepting that. But at the same time, it doesn't define me. There are sure. vastly more important and interesting aspects about me than that. You know. Um, I mean, to me, that's a little bit like what we were talking about before. Is like, I just see Jack, like, and yeah. uh, and like, yeah. I don't believe. And funnily that... enough, my other friends said that too. I, yeah, I just see you. Yeah. I don't believe I'm my so, insecurities yeah. or my little finger or any yeah. of that. I'm just me. And so, yeah, like, don't feel bad or like you should have acknowledged or been. No, no. Oh, no, no. I just thought it was well, like you were you, you were explaining the bread aisle one. And I was like, huh, I basically did the yeah. opposite of that, which seems equally insensitive. Yeah. But regardless, no, I, I think it, uh, I liked it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's all that um, matters. Yeah. But. There isn't really any inspiration porn in this film. Not really. Like, no. it does show... Um, in fact, Eric look, Stoltz it, is kind of a jerk. He's the least likable yeah. person. Even, like, William Forsyth, who's kind of a racist dickhead, is kind of more li- likable because he grows. And he, you know what? Has That's... A, isn't that kind of refreshing? Now that I think about it, it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? The fact that Eric Stoltz is kind of an asshole... Yeah. more power to like more power to the story yeah. it doesn't make for the most fun movie viewing experience mm. but as we said in terms of representation it's like yeah right that that yeah. would figure yeah um oh and i love i love that scene where um Wes, wesley snipes and william For, For, forsyth are drink drinking outside and Wesley Snipes talks about the uh, dream where he can dance, like he's up on his yeah. feet dan- dan- dancing, and he has to keep going because he, he knows that if he stops, he won't be able to do it anymore. He'll that, fall through the ice. That Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, That made me tear, tear up. That was just gorgeous. Yeah, um, it was a beautiful talk. Wesley Snipes is terrific in that movie. It made me miss oh, yeah. Wesley Snipes. Really, really good. Um. But yeah, like it, th- this film, it does evoke a certain kind of empathy from the audience, but it's not cheap or exploitative about it. Um, and yeah, like as we said, like the main character Eric Stoltz, he's he's kind of a dick, and he's one of the least sympathetic uh, char- characters in it. Um, but yeah, in, in a weird way, I kind of appreciated it in hind- hindsight because at least it was real. It wasn't like a Oh, yeah. I'm just disabled and watch me over- overcome all of these things. It's it was no, I'm just a fucked up dude going through some fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pardon, pardon the uh, cursing. That's okay. <laughs> um, but look, the disabled experience or whatever you you want to call it is different for for everyone. As as I said, um, it's very much down to the the, the individual. So I'm not going to preach. Um, 
but I will say at least for me, I feel like this film portrays it in a very authentic way and in, in a way this felt in a way that felt very very real for me. Um and it's so so much so that it's it's the best and most authentic portrayal I've ever seen of dis, of disability in fiction. I'm just gonna hand, hands down say say that I've never seen seen it done better. Um, and I, and and I really wish that every, every filmmaker would watch this before attempting to write or portray a disabled character. Character like it was just so well done. Um, I was even like I was even like really impressed by the. I guess physical representation or whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure what what to uh, call call it, but what I mean is, um, so in in media, most of the time, whenever you see someone in a wheelchair, um, nine times out of ten, they are an able-bodied actor portraying a a, a disabled person, and. Um, for, for me, it always stands out like a sore thumb. Like, it's so apparent to me because... Um, so it's kind of hard to explain, but when people who aren't used to being in wheelchairs are put into wheel wheelchairs, there's something just odd about the way they move and try to man- maneuver the chair that just doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. It, it looks odd and out of place. So it's kind of like... Um, the way their their arms move as they try to push the the, the wheels is very like exaggerated. Um, so when you're using a wheel wheelchair and you want to push the wheels, you kind of lean forward into it, right? You sort of lean lean forward as you push forward. Um, it just gives you a bit more more power, and you're able to push the the wheels further further in a single single push. But um. When you see someone who isn't used to being in in the wheelchair do it, it stands out because um, it just looks very exaggerated, and and they can't kind of like thrash themselves around and just like they're just putting too much into it, you know. Um, and but on the flip side, you'll know when you see someone in in a wheelchair who is used to being in in them because their movement is very like fluid, um, mm-hmm. and it's very. In, in, intentional they won't be like wasting all this en- energy by by throwing themselves around and thrashing and all of that stuff and that's what it is it's it's a waste of energy that they're, they're putting more energy in into it that they're not getting any benefit from um but yeah um sorry i'm ranting no, now no, but, um, good, i was so impressed with with the actors in this film because like I don't, I don't know for certain. I did do some re- research. And I couldn't find an answer, but I'm convinced that they either received training on set. Maybe Neil Jimenez himself um, gave them some sort of wheel wheelchair tra- training, or maybe they just took the uh, time to get accustomed to using a wheelchair because they just looked so comfortable and they looked like they actually knew how to use them um, effectively and 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 efficiently. And it's it seems like such a small de- de- detail, but at least for me, it just made such a huge difference. Um, so yeah, I, I, I got to give uh, well, props to the cast and authenticity. Yeah. I think is what you're describing. It feels authentic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That they actually did research and it didn't look like they just sat down in it for as yeah. soon as the cameras fired up for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if anybody listening or, or watching knows something about the making of the film, please let me know because I'd really like to know uh, how, how that was ha- handled. But um, 
Yeah, I guess to to summarize or finish up, I'll just say that obviously the film had a very profound effect on me and um, I'm really glad that I thought of it and I added it to the list. Um, and it's been quite a while since I've seen something that has affected me in such a, a, a way like this, really. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't ha happen often. Um, it's not a perfect film. There were some things narratively that just bugged me, but... Um, I, I still loved it, but obviously it was very biased re reasons. Um, well, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, um, my review of the movie is really here nor there, but it was very different than yours. But I also think it speaks to not only... Um, when I've panned episodes of Buffy... Uh, a lot of times I, I, I hear from people who loved that particular episode and often it's because they have a personal connection to the material that I don't, you know, right, um, right. Uh, that's yeah, just, that's what this was. Yeah. yeah. It's just not a part of my, uh, experience to be yeah. able to, to, so, you know, I saw yeah. the episode just aesthetically as opposed yeah. to personally. And, um, um, I also, I think that's. I don't think one is better than the other at all, and I also think mm. that that what you're describing is um, one of the big important parts of representation, um, of of having being able to see your see stories on I screen that yeah that relate to you your know, your experience. Yeah, for the longest time, I didn't understand the importance of that, but I really get and get it now because there's something so like powerful about it it's just i don't know it's something that means so much yeah like i i think that phrase what do we say what i i felt seen it's like you know life is lonely and to be able to mm. see uh stories that reflect your own makes you feel less yeah. alone right um or it's so powerful it's so important yeah yeah absolutely i mean yeah, I, um go ahead no go ahead Oh no! I was just gonna, gonna say I can I can understand someone who doesn't have the perspective that I have might not enjoy it or because there there are issues with it. I mean, like like narratively speaking, just as a story and as a film. So I can understand how some people might not connect with it the way I did. Well, no, but I think that you've given those people uh, fuel to be able to get something out of the film that they might not have otherwise. I certainly hope so. Yeah. If 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 you do check check it out, please let me know in the comments. I'd love to know uh, what you think. Yeah. I'd love to talk about it. I could talk about this film for hours and hours and hours and days and days and days. So let's chat if you want to. Well, um, before we get into the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know that I am at Ian Nitram on Twitter. And I am at lack of su surprise one. That's all one word uh, with, with with the number one at the the end. Uh, if if you'd like to support the podcast and help us stave off our existent existential dread and twenty twenty malaise, you can do so at patreon.com slash passion of the nerd. With the five dollar and up club, you can join us in the hangout this coming Saturday at four thirty p.m. Mountain Time. We'll be talking about. The second... I forgot to write it in the script notes. I apologize. It's the second Angel episode. Is Are you now or have you ever been, I think? I think so. Yeah. Um, which... Uh, you can also... Go sorry, ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Nah, you can also support us by grabbing yourself something from passionofthenerd.com forward slash store. 
t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, all of the stuff you didn't expect to find from, from a merch store there. Um, you can also give us a review, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, hit the thumb, hit like, leave us a re review. Uh, the algorithms are very real and you might not think it, but those things make a big difference. So. They do indeed. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you may not realize, realize this, but you can support us for free by using your monthly Amazon Prime Twitch subscription at twitch.tv slash thepassionofthenerd. I actually uh, did some video game streams this past week and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that they were fun. I was there for Yeah, I keep fun. a spreadsheet of my game backlog and just roll a random game and play it for an hour and played some stuff that was really interesting and some stuff that was really boring. But uh, being able to do it with <laughs> the people who decided to show up and hang out was a good time. All right, let's get to the fanfic reading now. Here is Gone by Terry Boda, Chapter 33. The funeral is tomorrow, Giles told him sadly. Spike nodded, huddling in upon himself and taking a sip of the tea Glinda had left for him. Vampire Prozac in Valerian, Kava, and Chamomile. He was sitting on Giles's couch, drained, exhausted, and lost. It's a it's a daytime ceremony, unfortunately. For all of Sunnydale's hellmouth-induced ignorance, they are reluctant to hold evening burials, the man continued. It's okay. Don't deserve to go to her funeral anyway, he replied. Spike, I here before I forget, he interrupted, pulling a large manila envelope from the ubiquitous folds of his duster and offering it to Giles. Giles took it and peered inside, seeing the papers and cash. What is this? We gotta take care of our girls, Rupert. Most of Joyce's life insurance will be eaten up by medical bills. I hawked everything I could. Those are the slips from the accounts I set up for Buffy and Dawn after I killed the Sobic de Cobra Demon. Put the cash in them, split 70-30 with Buffy, getting the lion's share. She's going to be Dawn's guardian, and she'll need help. Giles looked in the envelope again. Thank you, Spike. I'll be sure to add my own contribution when I make the deposits. He nodded, took another sip of the tea. It tasted weird, but at least it didn't remind him of hot chocolate. Couldn't stand the thought of cocoa right now. What are we going to do, Rupert? The same as we have been. Use your knowledge to affect the outcome. Didn't work for Joyce. Plan's not working. We need a new plan, he insisted. I don't think we can take Joyce's death as a sign that our current plan isn't working. I truly believe that there was nothing we could have done to save her, Giles insisted. What if I'd gotten it right? I don't know how I got it so wrong. A no-bit told me Joyce died of a blood clot. Giles sat down next to him, offering unwanted comfort. Spike Dawn is only fourteen. It's entirely possible that she misunderstood what killed her mother and interpreted it as a blood clot. He shrugged and shook his head. Doesn't matter now does it? Spike, it's painfully obvious to me that you were determined to blame yourself for Joyce's death, even though I don't think you are in any way responsible for what happened. Joyce Summers had a brain tumor. Even if she hadn't died in the same way she had before, there is no telling what the tumor would have returned 
whether the tumor would have returned or killed her at a later date. The only comfort we can take with us is the knowledge that she didn't suffer, and that it was very quick, Giles said gently. How do we know she didn't suffer? She died alone, didn't she? Wasn't anyone there to know if she suffered any. Giles ducked his head and squeezed his eyes shut. I... I did see the body before she was taken away. Her face had no pain on it, no fear. I don't think she knew what was happening. She fell on the couch at no more. Please, I... I... Giles stopped. I just... I couldn't save her. Everything I did, everything I tried was for nothing. She still died. What if... What if no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, I can't save Buffy either? He asked, pleading Giles to offer some hope. You can't give up, Spike. We need you. We need your strength. Fat lot of good it's done so far, he muttered, then j grabbed Giles' wrist. You know, that this changes everything, Watcher. We have to kill Ben now. Glory's going to start gaining power. we got to take him out. Giles shook his head. Not yet. Some new books have just come in from the council, and I'm hoping there will be some information and spells in them that can help us. They're not going to do us any good. She's a bleeding god, Rupert. She takes over from Benny. Stomping her will be a bitch. Not until I've exhausted all other options. Damn you, Watcher. He yelled, throwing the mug of tea and smashing it, liquid flying all over the carpet. You still don't trust me, do you? I'm telling you, you don't have a choice. Ben has to die, or Buffy will. He stood up, storming over to get his coat. Where are you going? Giles demanded. Spike, you mustn't do anything hasty. He pulled the coat on angrily. Off to take care of something I can kill. Nibbler's going to try to mojo her mom from the great beyond tonight, and... They, after they bury her. Last time I took her to Doc, and he learned she was the key. This time, not only am I not going to take her to see the bastard, I'm going to kill him before he gets anywhere near dawn. With that, he stalked out, slamming the door behind him and headed for Buffy's house. Upon confirming that both Buffy and Dawn were upstairs in their rooms, he snuck in and raided Buffy's weapons chest for the Gruthlack battle axe. The battle axe was a much more powerful weapon than Buffy realized, and he hoped it would be enough to kill whatever demon Doc had happened to be. He remembered from the previous timeline that Xander had killed Doc with a sword through the heart. This time, he planned to lop the bastard's head clean off his shoulders. He paused, listening, hearing the sounds of numb grief and silence, and his heart broke. I'm sorry, Buffy. I'm sorry, Dawn. I'm so sorry. I don't know how I'll make it right, but I'll try. He snuck Matt out, back out, half of him wanting to stay and comfort the girls, but he had things that needed to be done. He found Doc's place without any trouble. It was exactly where it had been before in the other timeline, and he entered without knocking, the battle axe tucked into his belt loop and concealed behind the duster. Hey, anybody home? He called to the dim, cluttered apartment. A moment later, Doc shuffled out of the bedroom, dressed in a robe and pajama trousers, and he had to steel himself against the wave of hate and rage he felt. I know you, 
the demon said, surprised. Do you now? Spike answered, smirking, remembering from before how Doc had said he had recognized him. You're that guy. The guy who always hangs around down at the corner mart. Big into dominoes, aren't you? Can't say that I am. That's crazy, isn't it? I'd swear you were him. I mean, your hair's a different color and you're a vampire, but other than that... Doc trailed off, pensive. Spike bided his time, hand twitching on the itch, twitching with the itch to grab the axe and kill the man. But he had to wait for the right moment. He knew from experience how fast and strong Doc really was, and he knew he would only have one chance to kill him. Finally, Doc moved closer. How can I help you? Resurrection spells. Friend of my mom's, a friend of mine's mum kicked it. Want to know what's to be done about it? Oh, oh no, that's. You don't want to mess with that. I know a couple of tonics make the grief just fly by. He offered. She doesn't want any tonics. Doc sighed, distracted, and Spike moved closer. Jeez, I, I don't know. Just a little further. He was almost within striking range as the demon rifled through some papers and books piled on the, one of the tables. Then Doc paused and sniffed the air. What is that? He rounded on Spike, eyes wide. You have a soul. That's right, mate. But there's only one vampire with a soul, and he's in L.A. Newsflash, mate. There's two of us now. Only I'm better looking and not a bleeding poofter, he replied, closing the distance between them quickly, reaching behind him for the axe. Who are you? Doc asked, still off his guard and obviously confused. It gave Spike the brief seconds he needed. Your executioner, he answered, whipping out the axe. He swung before Doc had a chance to react and sheared the demon's head from his body. It fell with a heavy whomp, writhed for a moment, and then lay as the head rolled a few paces away. Spike looked down at the head, saw the eyes go black, and then blank and the mouth drop open. Not getting anywhere near my bit, he said to the lifeless head. Assured that the demon was dead, he started a fire in the fireplace and threw the head in. He waited until he saw it burn, then picked the battle axe up and headed out, leaving the door wide open. Ian. Yes, Jack. It's good to be back, man. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, um... Yeah, if it, it, there's uh, like anything, uh, like any, like anything, I always experience a little bit of apprehension or mm. uh, whatever before we hit the record button, and then when we hit the always, record button, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just hang out and chat, and yeah, yeah, and um, I, I don't know, it just feels good to be back on the horse and doing this again, man. I've weirdly i've missed it i'm i don't know like this started off like a terrifying thing and now i still get jittery and stuff but i don't know i'm enjoying it it's fun stage fright is inevitable i think if you if you ever get to a point where you don't have stage fright it's maybe time to find something else to do yeah because you've, exactly. you've gotten too comfortable yeah, that's exactly right. Well, this week I'll be uh, wrapping up and publishing the Firefly episode guide for Safe. The script is about 90% written, and then um, I think it's going to be a quick edit because I don't have a ton on that particular mm -hmm. episode. The movie we're watching this week is going to be either be The Birdcage or Slither, depending on how badly I want to traumatize a member of our watching group. <laughs> uh, Jack, what are you up to? 
Well, I'm secretly hoping we do end up watching Slither because uh, I haven't seen it in in, in a long while, but I, I really like that film. Um, Such a strange pedigree, uh, that yeah. film. Like, that's a James it's, Gunn movie and Nathan Fillion's in it? What? Yeah, and, the, and, and that scene. Oh, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That scene, holy shit. I mean, that scene makes me irpy, so I don't know if I can... (laughs) I, I, look, Lanon is going to hate it. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be fun. But it's Halloween, that's the only reason why I was like, maybe we should, maybe we should. It's technically a comedy, kind (laughs) (laughs) of. Um... But yeah, um, as usual, I'll also be working through uh, the Patreon uh, bonus videos. Um, A patron and friend of the show, Charlie, made a request that I'm super excited to get to work on. It should be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, And also, um, just uh, um, a little bit of an update on the situation here in Melbourne. Uh, Things are starting to turn around a bit on the COVID front. We've been in an almost full-scale lockdown for quite some some time now, but yesterday and now to today, we have had zero confirmed new cases. Wow. Uh, Yes. uh, Yeah. Which is something we haven't had since March. (laughs) God, I want to move. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. By American standards. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. Go. but yeah, we've eased up on on some restrictions. Businesses are, are allowed to reopen with lim- limited ca- capacity. We're not doing a full reopening yet, but things are starting to to get better. And look, um, per- personally, I'm still going to be super vi- vigilant about things because um, I'm high high risk and whatnot. But at the same time, it's nice to see see some light at the end of the t- tunnel. Um, so a focus for me that this week is going to be just trying to enjoy that in whatever capacity that that I can. I might see if I can ca- catch up with some peeps and may maybe ha- have some friends over. Maybe if they're op- opening up theaters again, I might go see see a film because I've been missing that that experience for a long sure. while. But I I still need to be care- careful though, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much me for the week. Sounds good. All right, my friends, yeah. that is it for us. Uh... Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. And we will be back next week. The boys will be back on duty. (laughs) Thanks, friends. Bye.